Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and welcome back to my self-managed super fund series. And this will be, I think this is number five now, and uh, it'll be the last one that we're going to run on this particular series, which is really about the basics and what is a self-managed super fund. Uh, if you haven't listened to the earlier ones, please do. Um, and I'll just finish off this at the moment. And I might start another little bit of a, another series and talking about some of the investments and other bits and pieces in and out around self-managed super funds. But we've talked about what is a super fund, um, you know, about being a member and about being a trustee. And there's some other things we need to talk about. We talk about some of the costs, you know, of setting up around, you know, six to $700 normally is about normal um, who can be a trustee of a super fund? You can be an individual trustee or a company trustee. How many members? Uh, as I said earlier, up to four members. Here's an important question, though. A lot of people say to me, you know, um, oh, I don't have a self-managed super fund because my employer won't pay into it or I can't get my employer to pay into it, which is not necessarily correct. It is for some people, and it's generally government people. Um, the government, for some reason, I know my partner was... Um, in the army for 12 years and her superannuation we can't even access it because the government doesn't have the money to pay it and so there's no money behind all of that so therefore we can't even get it into our own self-managed super fund um, but generally the question for uh, when people say can my employer contribute to my self-managed super fund and the answer is generally yes for most people it's yes occasionally as i said with government people it's, it might be a no but with the introduction of superannuation choice a few years back the government said everybody's got to be given choice so you can instruct your employer to pay your superannuation contributions into your own self-managed super fund all you need to do is ask your paymaster um, and it's pretty simple and then you give them the bank account number which we talked about in our la in the last podcast how the superannuation fund has its own bank account um, you know, when generally it's a cash management account um, and you just say here's the cash management account it's my superannuation one you give them all the names you know John Smith superannuation fund or John or the Smith family superannuation fund and the cash goes in there and they pay that into there and that's fine and then once it's in your cash account for the super then you can do the investments as you see fit as the trustee of that or, or making sure it's been um, the investments are going out from there where you direct that from so i mean what investments can the fund invest in is probably is another one that i always get i mean from apart from the insurance component which i briefly touched on in my last one but the range of investments that any superannuation fund can invest in is really really quite broad and includes listed shares you know anything listed on the australian stock exchange cash fixed interest you know um, term deposits if you like or bank bonds bank bills you know managed investments so any managed um uh, you could even invest money back into your current managed super fund if you are in let's say the um hester super fund and you set up your own self-managed super fund and transfer the money out of that, and you think Hester's a good place to park some of your money back again, you can open up a Hester super fund again with it, if you like. That's up to you. So any managed investments. Private unit trust is another one. Um, you can do that. Direct property, artwork, other collectibles. As I, or although, as I said on an earlier podcast as well, um, the government is cracking down on um, personal use type, well, they've never allowed personal use type things, but collectibles and things like that. So on that fringe, I mean, some people... 
um, in the early days used to buy artwork and put it on the house wall of their house and say, well, that's my super fun. But then they were enjoying it in their house. Um, you can't do that. If you buy artwork, you need to store it away properly and, and have it so it's not there for your private use. So and it depends on uh, really the investment. But, you know, there are collectibles you can do in it. And you can legitimately argue that they are an investment and, you know, stamps are a legitimate investment if you believe all coin can be a legitimate investment. Um, there's lots of different things that you can put as legitimate investments as long as you can have it in your investment strategy and you're okay with all that. Um, but uh, it's important to understand that there are certain regulatory limitations placed on self-managed super funds. For an example, a fund really cannot borrow money to invest in assets such as property or shares. Um, and although there are rules around that, you can actually do it. There are rules around that. So, so it's not a blanket. You can't do it. You can actually do it but it may, it's a little bit harder to do it. Like, And I won't go into all the rulings now, but the thing is that the, the superannuation can't, um, it's not allowed to have a lot of li liabilities uh, if things go wrong, basically, uh, or no recourse back to the super fund. So it's specific ways of doing it. So it is possible, but um, it is a bit harder to do that, but not impossible. Um, a fund can um, also cannot also require assets from related parties of the fund or invest in in-house assets. For example, the fund could not purchase assets such as your house from you. So you can't sell your house to your super fund. Okay, other restrictions placed on the fund include inability to lend funds to members or their relatives or to provide the assets of the fund as security for personal borrowing. So for example, if you've got a couple hundred thousand in your super fund and you wanna buy a property, another house, and you need some security, um, the fund could not go guarantor for that or you, you could not use it. And let's say the fund owned, the super fund owned a house, you couldn't use that house as security to buy another house in your own personal name. So there are restrictions placed on that. Um, generally you can't, as I said, it says there, you can't lend money from the super fund to individuals, even though it might be sitting in the bank account. You know, they might, you might have $100,000 in cash sitting in the bank account and one person wants money um, for a short term. It's really... A lot of laws around all this. Now, I'm not saying anything's not necessarily impossible, but there are lots of rules and regulations, and you need to be very, very careful with self-managed super funds when you're, uh, you're, you are complying and that you are uh, fitting in with your investment strategy because if you're deemed to be non-compliant uh, in your superannuation fund or doing, doing things that you shouldn't be doing, then the tax department can take up to half of your superannuation fund as a fine or a penalty. So you are risking your future if you are uh, doing things incorrectly. So you need to be very, very careful um, but understanding what you can and can't do. Now obviously these rules change all the time uh, and as I said earlier that's probably one of the things that I don't like about superannuation is that the government continually changes rules and as I said it's now looking at collectibles and artwork and things like that and tightening up rules around that. They have loosened the rules on the lending side of things for, uh, sorry, borrowing, um, leveraging for super funds. That's one of the reasons why I didn't really like them because you couldn't, you know, in the share market, I can go and get a margin loan and leverage myself, um, leverage my returns, whereas I couldn't never, in the past, we never were able to do that with a super fund. And now that's becoming more and more uh, available. Uh, but there's still a lot of restrictions around it. Uh, probably last thing, the last thing I'll say with the, is about the insurance component. Uh, uh, and uh, it's a reiteration of what I said before, is you can set up, uh, organise your life insurance and also total and permanent disablement cover uh, for insurance, insure, insure, insurance for members of the fund because you know, the superannuation fund can pay the cost of the insurance and claim it 
as a tax deduction, which makes the cost of insurance more tax effective. Uh, and we can also, uh, we're also, we generally send people to a licensed financial advisor to do his license for the insurance component, all that. Uh, you may even choose, if you, uh, and this is quite possible, is to take up as a self-managed super fund, um, go to some water industry fund and maybe give them $5,000 where they provide free insurance in that. So you might be able to, let's say you've got a half a million in your self-managed super fund, and you might go look at uh, one of the industry super funds and say, well, okay, they're providing this insurance to this level for any member for free within their fund. And you might just put $5,000 for each member in that. So they have a look at those sorts of things as well. And again, I'm not giving you financial advice, but look around what's available. Look at what insurance is available for you, for your super fund, uh, and talk to a qualified um, insurance advisor for that or financial planner who's qualified in the insurance side of things and help you sort it out and what's the benefit um, for you in having that self-managed super fund and what you can do with it. But uh, to me, a great vehicle, uh, as I said earlier, great vehicle maybe for tax. Uh, it's good for growing your wealth. It's good for control. And to me, I'd rather have that control, even though I don't, not a big proponent of super, but I still believe, uh, I mean, you have to have it because every employer pays it into uh, into super so as an employee you're always going to be getting super money coming through so you might as well control it so i'd strongly suggest people do look at self-managed super funds and whether it's uh, applicable to them and get one set up if you need any help give us a call here at wealth within um on i think one three hundred seven four two seven three eight i think the number is from memory um i never know i never ring myself um as i said uh, really, if you need help, give us a call or go to wealthwithin.com.au and you can download a PDF of all the information I've covered in this series. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this series and I look forward to chatting with you the next time. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call one three hundred share trade